are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I'm joined by Kevin Shear, our Senior Asia Economist based in Hong Kong. Kev, good to have you on the line. Uh, good to be here, Belinda. Now we are going to talk about what has been happening in the Chinese economy and it's been a really interesting year for Chinese economic growth. We've talked to you a couple times over the year about some key policy changes in China. We talked about decarbonisation. We've talked about them looking at broadening uh, their growth strategy to become more equal as a society. But there's no doubt that the economic performance over 2021 has been slower than what we saw, particularly after that V-shaped recovery in 2020. 20. Now there's some key policy reasons for that, but kind of as we get to the end of 2021, Kev, what's your kind of view about how the Chinese economy has performed in recent months? Yeah, so 2021 is certainly an interesting year for China. So I would say 2021 uh, was a year of regulatory tightening in China. So there were a few headwinds and some intentional uh, some uh, uh, government policy, for example, the Chinese government tapered its fiscal spending uh, at the beginning of the year, and some some of the headwinds were driven uh, by tighter regulations on uh, property, uh, local government finance, and uh, large internet platforms. Uh, there were other headwinds as well, such as the power shortages and uh, the government's strict virus policy. So all these have contributed to a sharp slowdown uh, in the Chinese economic growth. Now they're doing, I guess, these policy changes in the short term and it's kind of this balancing up between not wanting growth to slow too much because they don't want unemployment to rise, but also they have these long-term policy agendas in place. So how are they going about balancing these two objectives at the moment? Yes, so... 2022 will be a year of maintaining uh, stability. Um, as we have heard, the PBOC recently has just cut uh, mm. uh, the triple R by 50 bips. This is the second uh, in 2021 to support economic growth and cut uh, borrowing costs for business. So we expect more policy easing in the pipeline. But um, we think the policymakers will not lose sight of medium term policy goals despite the need to stabilize the near-term uh, growth outlook. Uh, in our previous podcast, mm-hmm. we have discussed uh, China's medium-term uh, agenda that includes uh, te- technological innovation, decarbonization, and common prosperity. Uh, needless to say, there's lots of challenges uh, uh, in the medium term as well, such as a growing demographic challenges, and also the competition with the U.S. So we think the policymakers uh, will refrain from losing policy too aggressively because policy easing uh, could counteract the medium-term policy mm. goals 
Um, for example, strong policy easing in the past has found its ways into the property uh, sector, and, and also strong policy easing will benefit upstream industries and undermine the decarbonization goals and lift the PPI inflation. So we think the policymakers uh, will maintain uh, their long, medium-term policy goals. But on the other hand, you know, policymakers will defend their bottom line of economic growth uh, because a sharp economic slowdown will uh, cause rising unemployment, uh, slowing household income growth, and more importantly, uh, a sharp economic slowdown will jeopardize its long-term goal of achieving the status of a moderately developed country in 2035. 20, so we expect uh, you know, policy easing will be focused on two goals, stabilizing economic growth and facilitating structural reforms. So if we go through some of the key government policies at the moment, I guess we can't talk about government policies without talking about COVID. And certainly the new variant Omicron is dominating uh, rising cases globally. Even here in Australia, we, we certainly have seen an outbreak amongst the new variant. And policymakers around the world are still kind of grappling with how their COVID policy goes going forward. We've moved from like the elimination to the suppression phase. China's had a different take on that. How do you think they're going to go on their COVID policy going forward? Yeah, absolutely. The Omicron highlights lingering COVID uncertainty mm. and it kind of justifies Chinese policymakers' uh, cautious COVID policy. Uh, so we think the policymakers will likely maintain uh, its current cautious COVID stance at least until the Winter Olympic Games. Uh, the Games will run from 4th to 20th uh, February 2022. Uh, but beyond that, we think uh, the policymakers could gradually ease uh, policies, um, COVID policies, uh, in after the Q1 2022, and you know, if the desirable progress uh, is met on a few fronts. Uh, first, you know, if China can continue to ramp up the vaccination rate, mm-hmm. and, and by the way, China has already uh, has the highest vaccination rate in the world. A second, and China has just approved a COVID drug for emergency use. So if we see encouraging progress on this front, that will help as well. And lastly, you know, if other nations experience of coexisting with the COVID worked well, then I think the Chinese government probably will follow the same route. Yeah, yeah. And what about regulatory policies? So this is really will be key for structural reform. So how do you think that's going to evolve, I guess, over 2022? Yeah, so we expect the pace of regulatory uh, changes will be measured in 2021 uh, to limit uh, the potential economic impacts and also accommodate the need of supporting the economy. As we see in 2021, some of the regulations uh, have affected uh, the broader economy and financial markets. For example, you know, the three red line policy and the uh, anti-monopoly regulatory tightening for large internet platforms. So we think the pace uh, will be uh, better measured in 2022. 
And decarbonisation, I think, certainly was a thematic that really played out in 2021. So we did see a reduction in steel output as China was trying to reduce carbon emissions, particularly ahead of those Winter Olympic Games in early 2021. 22 as well that had obviously had a big impact on the iron ore price uh, which we felt here in Australia uh, what's the update on how you think that's going to go over the next year yeah so the decarbonization is really a medium-term goal and uh, president Xi pledged China will peak carbon emissions by 2030 mm. and achieve net zero emissions by 2060 and um, so we think the policymakers will learn to decarbonize the Chinese economy by doing it, and decarbonization will become a growing constraint in policy making at all levels of the Chinese uh, government. So we think, uh, you know, these policy efforts will continue in 2022. Now, what about fiscal policy? So, I mean, countries all around the world, pretty much over the last couple of years, have seen uh, budget deficits blow out as we've seen a lot of COVID support measures come through. Uh, whereas in China, we've seen, you know, a slightly different track. We've not only had to focus on the budget bottom line, but also the special bond quotas as well and how much that's going to influence infrastructure development. Uh, how is that really going to change tact over the next 12 months? Yeah, so given um, because China has recovered earlier than other countries, so our budget tracker has showed uh, a notable improvement mm. in the government's fiscal position, you know, because of uh, slowdown in spending and recovering tax revenues in 2021. But we expect, uh, you know, broad budget deficit uh, will increase uh, in 2022 because of the need to stabilize the near-term economic growth outlook. Uh, so we think the government will spend uh, more in 2022. But, you know, there has been some speculation policymakers may lower the special bond quota and lift the general bond quota. And we know uh, in the past, uh, special bonds uh, have been uh, increasingly become a primary financing tool for infrastructure projects. But there have been uh, concerns as well. Um, for example, there have been concerns over uh, local government leverage. Mm. Uh, there also have been discussion on underutilization of special bond uh, uh, proceeds. And of course, the Chinese government has tightened the oversight on special bond uh, proceeds as well. Um, last but not least, um, the revenue generating public projects have, have diminished over time. So all these factors have contributed to you know the speculation that the policymaker will cut uh, the special bond quota in 2022. On the other hand, the government still have to need, still have to spend more uh, on education, fundamental research, healthcare. Mm. So we think there might be a you know a bit of reshuffle uh, between special bonds and general bonds in 2022. And moving on to monetary policy, so we're at a time as we look into some of the major global central banks in the world, the Fed, the Bank of England, uh, here in Australia, that they're going to start to look at removing monetary policy accommodation next year. What about China? Because we already have seen in late 2021 some easing of monetary policy. So China is in a different track um, because of a deteriorating economic outlook. So we expect a cumulative cut of 100 BIP to the triple R in 
in the first half of 2022, uh, following the recent 50 bib cut. In the China triple I is still high compared to other emerging economies. Uh, after the December cut, the triple I in China is still about uh, 8.4% compared to the global average of uh, 4 to 5%. Mm-hmm. So we think there's there are room uh, for further triple R cuts. But, you know, triple R cuts are also viewed by policymakers as a, you know, a cross-cyclical adjustment too to achieve multiple goals. You know, first, these cuts uh, are aimed to cushion growing downward economic growth pressure. Uh, second, the PBOC needs to shift the credit structure to support a new growth drivers such as green development, uh, small business, and technological innovation. Third, liquidity injection where cutting the triple R can release long-term free stable uh, funding and uh, cut funding costs for financial institutions and also the real in- economy indirectly. Um, the last point is the PBOC prefers targeting money using the green investment uh, mm-hmm. will become a key part of counter-cyclical policy tools uh, because you know the property boom uh, has over has been over. So we estimate that you know, about 1.5 trillion RMB of green loans will be issued in 2022 uh, to support the economic uh, uh, outlook. You can really start to see the emphasis on the decarbonisation and the move to, to green in China coming through their policy agenda. So where does that leave us for 2022? We saw the slowdown in 2021. Will we continue to slow down in 2022? And where, where do the risks lie? Yeah, so uh, looking ahead, we expect uh, the Chinese economy to grow by 5.1% in 2022 uh, because of this favorable macro policy. Mm. Uh, yes, um, you know, from a annual economic growth rate perspective, uh, that was a step down. Um, but the sequential growth profile is expected to improve. If we look at the, the drivers of the economic growth, we think solid investment in manufacturing, particularly in high-end manufacturing, and a pickup in infrastructure investment that will offset the weakness in uh, real estate investment. And we expect less regulatory tightening and credit support for property developers. At the end of the day, stability, neither a sharp downturn nor another property boom is in policymakers' interests. Consumption has been very soft in 2021 because of COVID restrictions. Uh, however, if China relaxes its COVID policy after uh, the first half of 2022, and growth in consumption will likely rebound, uh, possibly very strongly. Uh, the ongoing global economic recovery will continue to, to support demand for Chinese exports. Um, but we expect export growth to ease from you know, current and very high level around 20 percent uh, to single digits. A potential border reopening in 2022 uh, will increase services trade deficit and cut China's elevated current account uh, surplus. So as a result, we expect uh, you know, net exports will become a marginal contributor to GDP growth in 2022 after contributing about two percentage points in 2021. Uh, the risks to our forecast are balanced. You know, on one hand, policymakers may announce a larger stimulus 
package than our expectations, particularly investments needed to facilitate the low carbon transition and the industrial upgrading. But on the other hand, new COVID variants can cause the Chinese government and other countries to reimpose social distancing measures, which will hurt the economy. And furthermore, policymakers the reluctance to ease high regulation on the property sector risks a potential a large economic downturn. As a whole, we think risks to our growth forecast are balanced. It's a reminder that we've got the new variant, I think, 2022, as much as we want COVID to, to be behind us. It, it does remind us that it's still a, a key risk out there for the outlook for any economy. Kev, thank you very much for running through your latest views on China. Thanks, Belinda. Now, you can read Kevin Shear's report on what to expect in 2022, Policy and the Economy, which was published on the 10th of December 2021 on combankresearch.com.au.